Well, hey, everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Malvern Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And since this is our first podcast in a brand new year, I want to start out by wishing you a very happy new year. And I also want to let you know that we are starting into a brand new sermon series to start this new year at Malvern Heights. Over the next few weeks, we are going to be talking about how we can follow God in every area and in every aspect of our lives throughout this entire year. And we're going to be starting today by talking about how we can prioritize our relationship with God. So let's get right into this episode sermon. Well, it is the first Sunday of a brand new year. And if there was ever a year that we were all ready to turn the page on, it was 2020. Every single one of us can admit that 2020 did not go the way that we expected it to go. So as this new year begins, we are all looking forward to this year being better than the last year. And for many of us, when we think about what we can do to make a new year better than the previous year, well, we think about making New Year's resolutions. Now, I know. I know that not everyone who is worshiping with us online right now actually made a New Year's resolution for 2021. But according to Inc. Magazine, about 60% of Americans make resolutions every year. And that means that about two out of every three people tuning into this worship service right now made some sort of resolution for 2021. But what did you resolve to do in 2021? If you're worshiping with us on Facebook or on YouTube right now, why don't you go ahead and answer that question in our comments thread. If you made a New Year's resolution, why don't you tell us what you have resolved to do this year? Now, unfortunately, I can't just stand here and wait for everyone to type in your reply to that question. So I don't actually know what any of you have resolved to do this year. But I can make some pretty good guesses at it based on what the majority of people resolve to do each and every year. So, once again, according to Inc. Magazine, 71% of people who make New Year's resolutions each year make resolutions to diet or to eat healthier. 65% of people who make resolutions resolve to exercise more. 54% of people resolve to lose weight. 32% of people resolve to save more money or to spend less money in the upcoming year. 26% of people resolve to learn a new skill or a new hobby. And 17% of people who make New Year's resolutions resolve to read more in the upcoming year. And every one of these are great resolutions to make at the start of any new year. But they are especially important after what we have just lived through in 2020. Just think about it for a minute. Did you notice that the majority of New Year's resolutions have something to do with your health? 2020 definitely reminded us all of just how important our health is. I mean, I had so many conversations with people about their pre-existing health conditions last year that there were plenty of times I thought I was working inside of a doctor's office instead of inside of a church. And since we have learned over the last nine months that people who are overweight or people who have some sort of heart issue are more likely to experience complications if they actually contract COVID-19, well, now, now is not a bad time to think about what you can do to take better care of yourself this upcoming year. But 2020 wasn't just a year that made us take stock of our health. 2020 was also a year that was extremely difficult for a lot of people financially. I mean, right here in the United States of America alone, 
tens of millions of people were laid off or let go from their jobs in the spring as we shut down our economy to try to slow the spread of the coronavirus. And even though our government has managed to pass a couple of stimulus bills along the way that have put a little bit of extra money in our pockets and have upped the unemployment benefits for those people who remain out of work today, we all know. We all know that it's going to take some time for our economy and for our own personal finances to recover. So now, now is not a bad time to think about what you can do to spend a little bit of less money and to save a little more money this year. Even the last couple of New Year's resolutions that Inc. Magazine noted, the ones about learning new hobbies or learning new skills or just reading more, well, those things are more important than ever before as we continue to live through a pandemic. Let's face it, we all spent more time in our homes last year than we have ever spent in our homes before. And when you spend all of that time inside of your house, you start to go a little bit stir-crazy. So it's nice to have something that you can do that can occupy some of your time. Like for me, I spent more time reading last year than I have spent in any other year in my entire life. I read 65 books last year, covering over 25,000 pages, because reading was a way that my mind could go places, even if my body couldn't. So 2021 really isn't a bad year to make a resolution or two about your health or your money or your free time. But, and this is a pretty big but, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that we have less control over our lives than we think we do. We have less control over our lives than we think we do. So, yeah, you can make a resolution about being healthier this year but you cannot completely control if you'll catch a virus or not. And yeah, you can make a resolution about your finances this year, but you cannot control the ups and the downs in the stock market or if your company is actually going to be able to stay open the entire year. And yeah, you can make a resolution about how you would like to spend your free time, but you cannot control if you'll be able to travel this year or if you're going to end up spending even more time around your house. Now, I know that if you actually made a New Year's resolution this year, that you're probably not very happy with me right now. I mean, it is hard enough to try to keep a New Year's resolution. There is a reason why only about 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions each year can actually keep them for an entire year. But I haven't made it any easier for you by telling you that you may not be able to keep your New Year's resolution no matter how hard it is you try. But I promise that I'm not just trying to rain on your parade or trying to ruin your dreams or trying to keep you from keeping your resolutions. The truth is, we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about each area in our lives where we tend to make these resolutions. So in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about our health, and we're going to talk about our money, and we're going to talk about our free time. And I'm going to try to help you think about each one of these areas so that you can be one of those eight percenters who manages to keep your resolution for the entire year. But before we can talk about these areas of life that we don't have total control over, we need to talk about an area of life that we do have control over. And this area of life, it directly impacts every other area of our life. So if we get this area moving in the right direction, 
It will help you with your health and with your money, and it'll even help you with how you spend your free time. So what is this magical area of life that impacts everything else? It's your faith. Your relationship with God impacts every area of your life. Your relationship with God impacts every area of your life. Your relationship with God, it impacts your health, and it can also impact the health of others. And your relationship with God, it impacts your finances, and it can impact the finances of others. And your relationship with God impacts how you spend your free time, and it can change the way that other people spend their free time, too. And I know, I know that all of this might sound a little bit unbelievable to you. You might not be able to believe that your relationship with God impacts every other area of your life. And there's a reason for that. A lot of us cannot believe that our relationship with God impacts every other area of our lives because we fall into the same trap that people have fallen into when it comes to their faith for a long, long time. We cannot believe that our relationship with God can impact every other area of our lives because we compartmentalize our relationship with God. We compartmentalize our relationship with God. And here's what I mean by that. I mean that whether you would ever admit it or not, or even think about it for that matter, a lot of us treat our relationship with God like it only matters when we're doing churchy kind of things. So we believe that God is God over what we do in a worship service or in our small groups. And we believe that God is God over what we do when we volunteer at a food pantry or soup kitchen or help purchase gifts for kids on the angel tree. Or to put it another way, we act like our relationship with God starts and ends at the doors of the church. We act like our relationship with God starts and ends at the doors of the church. And believe me, when I tell you that we aren't the first people who act this way, the truth is that human beings have tried to compartmentalize our faith for as long as we have had faith. And we can easily see this in some of the religious beliefs of the ancient world. Take what we now call Greek mythology as an example. In Greek mythology, there are different gods or different goddesses for every area and aspect of your life. In Greek mythology, you have Zeus, who is the god of the skies. And you have Poseidon, who is the god of the seas. And in Greek mythology, you have Hades, who is the god of the underworld. And that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of all of the Greek gods and goddesses there are. There is a goddess of love and of beauty. There is a god of music and healing, a goddess of hunting, and a god of war. And I could keep going on, like with this guy who's hanging out over my shoulder this morning. This is Hercules from the Disney movie, in case you didn't realize it. And Hercules in Greek mythology, he, he goes on to become the god of strength and of heroes. But I think at this point, you're getting my point. In Greek mythology, there were gods over every area and aspect of a person's life but they were all different gods. So if you were out at the sea and you got into trouble, you prayed to Poseidon, you didn't pray to Zeus. Or if you wanted to meet someone and fall in love with them, you would pray to Aphrodite and not to Ares. 
So there was a different God in charge of every area and every aspect of your life. And a lot of us want to treat our God, the one and only God, the exact same way. We want to follow God when it comes to the stuff we do in church, but we want someone else to be in charge of what happens when we are outside of the church. And who do we want to be in charge of everything that happens outside of the church? Ourselves. So that's why I want to start our first worship service of this new year by talking about one of the most important passages of Scripture that we find in the entire Bible. This is a passage of Scripture that is still recited as a daily prayer by Jews today. But it's more than just a prayer. This passage is also a song that celebrates God, and it's a pledge to follow God. And we find this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6. But before we look at this passage, let me give you a little bit of background here. So this passage is part of the opening section of the book of Deuteronomy. And the opening section of this book is a collection of speeches that we attribute to Moses. We say that Moses gave these speeches before the people of Israel were finally able to enter into the Promised Land. And if you remember, it took a while for the people of Israel to enter into the Promised Land. As a matter of fact, it took the people of Israel over 40 years to enter into the Promised Land because the people of Israel didn't trust God at the beginning of their journey to the Promised Land. So Moses gives these speeches to the next generation of the people of Israel to challenge them and to warn them because Moses doesn't want these Israelites to repeat the mistakes that their parents made. And one of their parents' biggest mistakes was compartmentalizing their relationship with God. You see, before the people of Israel began their journey to the Promised Land, they had been steeped in polytheistic cultures for generations. Polytheistic means that these cultures worshipped many gods. From their roots in Canaan to the long years they spent in Egypt to even traveling through Canaan to reach to get back to the promised land, the people of Israel were surrounded by people who worshipped a whole lot of different gods. But Moses clearly believes that loyalty, obedience, and love to the one true God is the only way of life for the people of Israel. So in the passage that we're going to read today, Moses makes that crystal clear. So let's take a look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. We'll start reading in verse 4. Here's what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, these two verses are so important to our faith that we actually have a name for them. We call these verses the Shema. And we call these verses the Shema because the first word in these two verses, the word that we translate as either hear or listen, is the Hebrew word Shema. But here's the thing. Even though we translate the first word of this passage as listen or as hear, the word Shema does not simply mean to let sound waves enter into our ears. Instead, what the word Shema really means is that you should allow the words to sink in, to provide understanding, and to generate a response in you. In other words, in Hebrew, hearing and doing are basically the same thing. But 
what are we supposed to do when we hear that the Lord alone is our God? Well, that's exactly what Moses is going to tell us when he says, love the Lord your God. But in this context, love isn't about some warm, fuzzy, emotional feeling that we get when we're around someone that we like. In the Bible, love is an action. So for us to love God, we must be loyal and we must be faithful to God. We must hear and we must absorb what God tells us. And then we have to put it into practice and actually follow God. And then Moses is nice enough to tell us which areas we should follow God in when he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. So, what areas are we supposed to love and obey God in? In areas that involve our hearts and our souls and our might. And what areas are those? They are every area and every aspect of our lives. So God, God isn't just God for 45 minutes on a Sunday morning when we come together and we worship online. And God, God isn't just God for an hour when we're together with our small groups on Sunday mornings. God is God over every area of our lives. God is God over every area of our lives. And this is something that Moses wanted to make sure that the people of Israel never forgot. So as soon as he finishes telling them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Well, the very next thing that Moses says to them is, Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you were at home and when you were away. When you lie down, and when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So as we start into this new year, it's tempting for us to focus in on the resolutions that we made for the year to come. It's tempting to focus in on losing weight or exercising more or eating healthier. It's tempting to focus in on spending less money or finding ways to save more money. It's tempting to focus in on the hobbies that we want to try or the skills that we want to learn or the books that we want to read this upcoming year. But what we need to do is to put the first thing first. We need to start this new year by remembering that God is our God and only God is our God. So we must love God with everything that we have and in every area and every aspect of our lives this year. So we need to love God when we're worshiping together and when we're in small groups. But we also need to love God when we're walking through the produce section at Kroger, trying to pick out vegetables so that we can eat healthier, or when we're hitting the treadmill at Planet Fitness so that we can exercise more. And we need to love God when we're making out our budgets and when we're contributing to our retirement accounts. And we need to love God when we're learning how to crochet or when we're planning our next big trip or when we're making out our reading lists for the upcoming year. We need to love God in everything that we do. And here's the best part. Unlike with our other New Year's resolutions, you are the one who is in control if you'll love God or not. You are the one who controls if you'll love God. 
There's not a virus that you can catch that can keep you from loving God. There's not a certain amount of money that you have to have in your bank account or in your 401k to be able to love God. And you don't have to be in a specific place doing a specific thing to love God. So you control whether you'll love God or not. So if you want to do a better job of loving God this year, if you want to do a better job of listening and obeying God this year, if you want to do a better job of following God this year, then I have a challenge for you as we start this new year. We're going to put the words of the Shema back up on the screen right now. And I want you to grab a pen and I want you to write these words down. And I want you to do the same thing with these words that Moses told the people of Israel to do. Recite these words when you're at home or when you're away. Recite these words when you lie down at night and when you wake up in the morning. Recite these words and remember that God is God over your entire life. And all God asks you to do is to follow his way. So hear these words again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord is God alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you now in this word of prayer, you know that we tend to compartmentalize our relationship with you, God. We focus in on you and who you are and what you want for us for a few minutes when we're worshiping together on Sundays. But God, we forget about it. As soon as we close down our web browsers, log off our computers, and go about the rest of our day. We want to be in control over everything in our lives that happens outside of the church. But God, you were God over everything. You were God over every area and every aspect of our lives. So God, help us. Help us to rely on you, to trust in you, to listen and obey what you say about every area and every aspect of our lives, God. And help us to see that when we follow your ways, it helps. It helps in everything else that we do, God. It helps with our health. It helps with our finances. It even helps with how we spend our free time. So God, my prayer for everyone who can hear my voice right now is that you help us to treat you as our one and only God this year, to worship you and to follow you. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that you've been challenged today to put your relationship with God first throughout this new year. Because when you put your relationship with God first, it will impact every other area and aspect of your life. And over our next few episodes, we're going to talk about how it can impact some of the areas of our lives. So next week, we're going to be talking about how our relationship with God can impact our health. And then we'll be talking about how our relationship with God can impact our finances. And we'll finish up the sermon series by talking about how our relationship with God can impact the way that we spend our free time. So we hope that you'll come back and join us each week for each one of these episodes in the sermon series. And as always, if you subscribe to our podcast, these episodes 
episodes will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget, you can also worship with us live every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church's website. That website is mhbclouisville.com. So that's it for today, but I hope that you guys are having a great new year, and I'll be praying for you this week, and we'll see you back here next Sunday for another sermon podcast.